They say having money's not everything, not having it is. Love of money is evil, but who don't want to be rich? Wealth is fundamental for the life that you want to live. As you pursue that wish, don't sacrifice this list. Physical health, uh-huh. emotional health, social, spiritual health, of course. Financial health, health is wealth, health is wealth. Yeah. Tap in, let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Health is Wealth show. Listen, people, the show is for people who want to achieve financial independence without foregoing their overall health. And what we want to do is simple. We want to create a community where people can come and share, they can come and learn and grow from the examples and stories of individuals who have both pursued and achieved health and wealth. Now, today I'm super duper excited. I've got an amazing guest teed up that I've known for a very long time. I'm honored he was willing to accept the invitation to be on the show. And um, I want to give you a little intro. So this man goes by the name of Josh Harzman, Joshua Harzman, keep it professional. He's a director of housing for a private house on, I'm sorry, a private uh, college on the West Coast. Um, he's also one of the founding fathers of the GORP Corps. It's a new trend. You'll catch it in about three quarters. Don't worry about it. He's a strong believer in self-accountability and empowerment through education. Most importantly, this was my first roommate in college, y'all. Hey. Like 10, well, hold on, more than a decade ago. I'm not going to say the number. It's a little scary. More than a, a decade ago, Josh and I were both freshmen uh, attending the Western Kentucky University. And uh, this was my first roommate. So imagine my surprise where, you know, more than a decade passes, I invite him to be on the show, and he's like, say less, I'll be there. So cheers to you, Josh, and welcome to the show. How are we doing? Hey, thank you. Honored to be here. And it's it's crazy at Western, man. I'm not sure when the last time you were there, but it has. Do you remember the constant construction when we were there? It, they've only gassed it up since. I mean, you walk around there, and you, you don't even recognize it. Wow. When was the last time you were there? We were there... 2000, I think the last time was fall 2016. Okay. And they had, um, I mean, they pretty much, they're pretty much expanding down, you know, the backside of the hill that goes down to like the town square. Yeah. They're pretty much expanding all that way to connect. Now there's a holiday inn right there that like people stay at when they go to school. There's like 12 new buildings around camp. Remember how big of a deal like MMTH was when they, mm-hmm. when they had, cause they had like just finished it when we got there or something. They've yeah. got like eight more buildings just like that now. So, I mean, I mean, I'm not kidding. When you walk around, you're like, I don't, I don't recognize it. Which is good. I mean, it's a, it's a high growth school, big international student population, big local student population. I mean, it's uh, in Kansas is the equivalent of like the university of Kansas or Kansas state. So it's not Western, it's not Kentucky State, but I would I would say it's the equivalent of UK, right? University of Kentucky and Western Kentucky University is like, and they're go, they're going after. Them. Wow, that's wild! I did not know that. So let's kick it off with a softball here. In your words, Josh, what does health as wealth mean to you? Hmm. What does health as wealth mean? So first I would say it means consciousness. I would say that health as wealth means consciousness. It means being present and being dialed in to your financial security, 
your family's financial security, listening to your body, right? Everybody's getting older every day. Every time I take a shot, my favorite cheers is, you'll never be younger, right? You're always gonna be older, but you're never gonna be younger than this exact, this conversation right now. We're never gonna be younger than we are right now, yet, right? Um, so yeah, I would really say that's step number one, right? That's that's whether you are whether you are in debt or you were given a trust fund. That that point of consciousness of is that enough? Can I be doing more, right? Or um, if you are a star athlete who who's breaking a bone for the first time, or if you're someone super overweight who for the first time is having that point of I want to do better. Yeah, I'd say I say it's consciousness, or at least as a starting point. Yeah, I like that. Consciousness. Let's take it a level deeper. So um, what's, what's, what's level two? I'm kind of gravitating in. I, I like this. Mm -hmm. What's level two? Yeah, I would say after consciousness, it's assessment, right? So that first is kind of that waking up moment of, it's just because you realize, okay, well, I want to make a change. Doesn't mean you know what that change needs to be, right? Yeah. So I, after recognizing that, okay, I want to grow my wealth. I want to be more healthy. Um, I want to maximize. I want to. I want to improve. I want to progress. You know, step three might be that action, or step three is probably the plan. Step four is action, but step two is just an assessment. Am I happy with my current state of health? Am I happy with my current state of wealth? Um, one of the first people I. I discovered in my uh, personal financial education path, as many folks do, is Dave Ramsey. And one thing that I love that, that one of his personalities mentioned in a show one time is talking about, well, what do you, where do you see yourself 10 years out? And I love thinking about things in that degree. I know it can be scary to think about 10 years out, but instead of thinking, oh yeah, this job, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a bigger paycheck, or you know what, I'm gonna hit the gym and I'm gonna lose weight for summer. What is that gonna look like in 10 years? Are you trying to be the boss in 10 years? Are you trying to be cut in 10 years? Why are, you, why are you trying to lose 10 pounds for the summer when those knees have been aching for a couple of years, man? You got to get that weight off permanently if you want to keep those knees around for another 10 years, you know? So I would say it's that assessment of, am I happy where I'm at? And then step three is developing that plan. Okay, so where do I want to go? And then probably step four is actually having the courage to take action. And each of these steps is a higher state of consciousness, right? So many people are just floating around, don't have a clue what their net worth is, don't have a clue what their body's saying. And I mean, this show is based out of America, right? So we're talking to a predominantly American audience. I mean, we are more drugged up, indoctrinated, distracted. So, so consciousness is a difficulty, right? Consciousness should not be overstated. If you wake up and you drink coffee every day, when's the last time you took three months without caffeine? You really listened to your body, you really administered the effects of what that drug is doing to your body, right? And I, I love coffee, I drink four cups a day. Um, if, if where your weight's at, right? What are you doing in the weight room? What are you doing on cardio? Listening to your body, all these things can't happen if you're getting plastered drunk every night, right? This is, sorry if I get red faced, this is my first glass of wine in four nights. I quit drinking during the week. But the flip side of that is I can't binge on the weekends either, right? Just because I'm I'm not drinking during the week doesn't mean that I don't want to, I want to overdo it on the weekends. So that consciousness is difficult to achieve for an American audience because 
We're constantly putting things in our body that mitigate that consciousness. We're constantly distracting ourselves, looking for a sense of control. Because it's easier to control your Facebook feed than it is to actually become conscious of what your physical body is telling you, of what your mind is telling you. So it's difficult, right? And each of, each of these steps is difficult. And, and not to overstate, just obtaining that sense of where am I financially? Where am I with my health? That, that state of consciousness, that takes work. Wow. Bro, you didn't drop so many gems right out the gate. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, you got, Bro. you got, you know, you know, the intro you said, you said housing director, because that is what I do. But, I, you know, I also teach, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professor. I teach uh, higher education. I teach younger students speech and debate online. So you just, just put me in check if I'm, if I'm getting too heavy. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, ain't nobody putting you in check. We ain't playing chess, homie. <laughs> this is great um yeah all right i didn't know you come with so much heat five minutes in okay i gotta pivot i gotta pivot all right so you didn't give us four actionable steps which i normally ask for later but i think those are fundamental man. That, okay um let's move from there you said something beautiful you said uh if you really like one of the ramsey personalities question because they framed it and like a, what would you where do you see yourself in 10 years? Let's inverse that for a minute. Just for a minute. Mm, mm. What's something you know now that you wish you knew 10 years ago? In the in the realm of health and wealth. So don't don't go crazy and be like, I wish I knew my wife. Yeah, like something like that. But you know, what's one of those things? What's the one thing I wish I knew 10 years ago? There's a lot, but I won't I won't spend too much time trying to find the right one. Pay yourself first. That's what I wish I knew 10 years ago. Come with it. You know I'm going to ask. So 10 years ago, if I had been paying myself first, I'd probably be sitting on a portfolio of what? Maybe 1.2, maybe maybe even $1.7 million, right? 10 years ago. If 10 years ago... So I love that when there's this book by Vicki Robinson called Your Money or Your Life, where she breaks down this whole formula of, um, she, it's, a, it's a wake up call, right? She's like, assess how much money you've ever made throughout your whole life. And it's not to judge yourself, right? It's not to say, oh my God, I wish I had all that cash. I'm such an idiot. It's to, it's to get this consciousness, right? This step one that we're talking about. Literally right down. Well, you know what? At 15, I was grinding at Wendy's and I probably made... I don't know, maybe five grand, maybe, maybe, yeah, 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 maybe, right? And then at 16, I was I was still working at Wendy's, but then I got a summer job. And you go all the way through, right? And then you go, she goes, okay, well, how much money do you have today? And again, that's not to judge, just to, you're getting to this point of consciousness, right? So when I think about putting myself through college, working as a bartender, closing down the bar, I mean, I'm talking about bringing home $200 on a Friday night, another $250 on a Saturday night. Man, could I shake myself 10 years ago and say, bro, just open a Roth. Just listen to me, just open a Roth. You're gonna. But but to, to bring it back to the answer to the question, paying yourself first is, I think, the fundamental, most important. Because that's that, that's consciousness, right? I for me, that that base pyramid of building. And, and that goes for your health, right? This pay yourself first concept, that doesn't just mean 10% of every paycheck. 
That means if you're going to go uh, eat McDonald's for dinner tonight, right? Because you've assessed like, hey, I've been doing pretty good. I'm going to have McDonald's for dinner. You're going to have a salad for lunch because you're paying yourself, you're paying your body first, right? Knowing that you're going to enjoy something you probably shouldn't be eating later on, but there's no guilt about it because you're hydrated. You've been drinking water all day. You had a salad for lunch. Okay, now I'm going to go have a cheeseburger, even though I shouldn't, but I've already paid my body first, right? That would probably be the number one thing because that's such a fundamental point of consciousness that people just don't realize. You know, you pay your rent, you buy groceries, and then you want to buy some headphones or something. Well, those headphones are gone in two or three years, right? They're outdated in six months. Whereas you put that $200 in a Roth IRA, maybe a, a VOO, right? Um, Vanguard S&P 500 fund. You're going to see that money. You're going to see that, what, six to eight to 10% every year, build and build and build. We don't even need to go into compound interest. Yeah, if I could, if I could go back 10 years, I'd probably say, hey, we need to, we need to sit down for 20 minutes. We got to talk about why you got to pay yourself first. Bro, you're coming with it. I got I got I got to keep it 100 with you, man. This is beautiful. You know, I yell it all day long. You know me. Like my platform is just inundated with a bunch of financial <coughs> concepts. But sometimes even I get sick of hearing myself talk about it. So it's so refreshing hearing somebody else just speak the truth. And listen, younger audience, uh, don't don't write this man off. I know he's wearing a vest, but like this man's coming with it. If you are under 21 years old, it really doesn't matter what age you are, but you can make the most significant impact long-term if you're under 21 right now. Dude, don't matter how much you make. Take, what would you say, Josh? Like 10%? 20%? Oh, yeah. What are we thinking? One, I don't care if it's $1. I don't care if it's $1. That's what you have to do. If you can only put $1 in to just start the process. I read, yeah. a, I read a statistic in Forbes that said every dollar you save in your 30s is equivalent to $9 in retirement, right? But if Come you save on. that dollar, if you save that dollar in your 20s, it's equivalent yeah. to $16 in retirement. And you asked me that this question was, what would I tell myself 10 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. 10 years ago, I was just in college. I told you I was grinding at 15. I had a I had a job at Wendy's at 15. I wish I could go back 20 years and say, yeah. pay yourself first. I don't, I don't care the paycheck's only $200. First stop, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, even if it's just $1, we're gonna put that in a retirement account. Then go off and buy whatever the hell you wanna buy. It's your money, you earned it, but you're putting that money aside for your future self. That's it, y'all heard it here, man. Look, Josh Josh and I, we're friends, so he, he sends me these recommendations sometimes. And one of the recent ones was a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. So obviously, you know, a lot of people on my network know I'm a numbers guy and I appreciate good books about it. So I get a lot of recommendations and I just don't have the time to read all of them. I mean, I'm not at the at the, the Warren Buffett status, you know, where I can just sit around drinking bourbon and reading books all day or eating McDonald's, and drinking Diet Coke. I think that's his thing. Um, yeah, that's more, that's more his style. Yeah, McDonald's and Diet Coke. I'm, I'm all, good with the books and the bourbon. That's me all day. Yeah, I'm like all that money, you're going to eat some McDonald's. Like, that yeah. blows my mind. But, um, Anywho, he, he recommends this book. I pick it up, can't put it down. I think I was up till like three in the morning, just powering through it. And I love the connection here because in the book, he's talking about the rich guy, Akbar, who commits 10% of everything to pay himself first. 
Dude, that's something no one talks about, Josh. No, nobody, nobody. We didn't learn it in high school. We certainly didn't learn it in college. In fact, we learned the other rule, which is hamstring yourself with debt out, out the wazoo. Let me ask you this. Why didn't we learn it in high school? Hmm, man, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, your, your listeners can fast forward if they don't want to hear a little bit of a tirade, but I, I think that we didn't learn it in high school because school isn't designed to teach independence. School is designed to teach complicity and um, uh, respect to authority. You know, you, you get trained to go into a place, sit and listen to orders for 40 hours a week. And then, hey, guess what? You're going to do that for the rest of your life in the workplace, right? So personally, um, and, you know, it's something that kind of like grinds my gears. Like I follow like 10 or 15 different yahoos on Instagram because for, for self-check, right? Because when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, I shouldn't just be scrolling. So I want to see that motivation about getting money. What are you doing? Wasting your time, blah, blah, blah. And all the time they're talking about, it should be taught in school. Why isn't it taught in school? If we could teach people in school, I'm like, bro, it's because they don't want to teach it in school. Like you think, you think they, you think the U.S. Department of Education doesn't know about teaching some financial literacy, right? Like they don't want it to be taught in school because school is not designed to teach you to be an independent free thinker. School is designed and like probably up until the master's degree, right? When I got my master's degree, that was the first time somebody actually asked me, well, what do you think about that, right? Elementary, high school, middle school, high school, college, it's all read this and regurgitate it. Memorize and prove to me that you know what we read, right? Can you do what you're told? And only the master's degree did they finally go, what do you want to study? What do you want to design? What do you think that study should look like? What do you think those results might be, right? But up until that point, Education is just, can you take orders? Can you sit in a chair quietly and do what we want you to do? So like I said, that's, I could, you know, we could go in for a whole nother show, but personally, you know, you asked, that's why I think it's not taught in school. It's because they know and they don't want it to be taught in school because there's power in the people, but there's power in money. And if they got the money, then at least they're stacked up against us, right? All we have is, all we have is our bodies. All we have is our connection as individuals, but they've got all those resources. Wow. That's probably the realest, the realest I've heard this week. <clears throat> yeah, that, that, yep. It wasn't, yeah, they that's not what school is made for. Huh. I think that's a no. unique parallel though, Josh. And I think we need to go there. I think it's a unique parallel to uh, personal finance as like as a concept, like it meta, right? So sure. I don't think the way we've designed America supports this idea of being, you know, a good steward of your resources. I think there's all mm -hmm. these like pushes and pulls to just draw you into debt real, 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 real quick. And then you're like bounding yourself with shackles of poverty. Um, and I'd be interested to hear from you because like you, I could probably go off, go off the rip for a while, but... <laughs> from your perspective i guess do you think that like america is doing that on purpose to impoverish you know people or or is it just a byproduct of like sales and marketing well i wouldn't say that it's um like i think yes is the answer to your question 
um, with the reframing that is not to impoverish us, but it's it's to stunt our capacity for true independence, right? So it's not necessarily to keep us poor. And I guess you might see those as one of the things, you know, a lot of people might say, well, if you're not advancing, they're keeping you poor, right? Well, but, you know, the middle class, yeah, it may be shrinking, but you've got food on the table. If you got a roof over your head, if you've got even if a, a community pool that, yeah, maybe you got to share with a few other people, hey, guess what? You're still living larger than like 90% of the planet, right? So I wouldn't necessarily say, and that's, that's man, I, I got to give a shout out to one of my favorites, Two Chains. I, I don't know what the song is, but he says, if you woke up today, you're winning, right? So that's all, it's about perspective, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you woke up today, but if you got food on your plate, a roof over your head, you got to practice that gratitude to respect what you have. Yeah. But so I would agree with you that it is it is designed to keep us stunted, to keep us as docile working um, cogs in the machine. Man, Dave, you you said I got some nuggets, man. I've, I've probably listened to five thousand hours of Dave Ramsey, you know, on the on the commute and that kind of thing. And and so a couple of his nuggets definitely stick in my head. And one of them is debt's the number one product sold in America. I'll say it again for your listeners: debt is the number one product sold in America. Well, uh, I heard that the first time. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, your mortgage, because... your student loans, your car. Nobody sells you a car for the price. They sell you the car for the debt, for the obligation, right? Minimize your monthly cash flow. Put it in our pocket instead of yours. So you talk about those shackles, right? So yeah. I think that I think the education system is designed to make you a happy little employee who is content with being told what to do, being content with putting a box, being content with 40 hours a week and you get your little paycheck and then you go hit the golf links on the weekend and then you're back on Monday, right? <laughs> I, I love golf, don't get me wrong. But so I wouldn't necessarily say it's designed to keep us poor, but 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 from that framing, yeah, keep us poor in our minds, right? To keep it that, that this is this is as good as it's gonna get. Wow. Josh, I, I hold you in high regard because um, the way I've seen you kind of deal with life and it's, it's difficulties, it's walls of adversity, just the challenges. Like, hell, this whole year has been like bubble. And I've always appreciated the manner in which you can kind of embrace a challenge and just beat it up, right? Like, I'm trying hard not to use bad words right now. So I've always appreciated that. And I, I hold you as like someone that's successful. So for someone listening that might be resonating with the things you're saying, what would you say are some of the unique skills that, you know, success requires? Mm, okay. What are the unique skills that success requires? Well, we could go back to those first four steps, right? Success is going to require a sense of consciousness an assessment from that consciousness, the development of a plan, and then taking action on that plan. Um, but to put it in a, you know, not such a formulaic approach, like I, like I suggested for my, you know, my little intro blurb, self-empowerment. I, I really think that's what, you know, success is self-empowerment. People who win the lotto, that's not success, right? People who are handed a trust fund, that's not success. Yeah. My road of financial literacy has been 110% self-discovery. Right? I woke up in a state of consciousness. 
I had credit card debt that I woke up and said, why am I paying an interest rate and giving somebody like free money out of pocket? In fact, I was like, I was scheming on investments, right? And that's what happens a lot of the time. I see all these posts on Facebook. Who knows about investing? What do I do to invest? Da, 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 da. And my first response is, are you saving? Right? Because that was this sense of, that's, that's that was my journey. I was like, ooh, maybe I can make 7% return on this. Or, you know, it would take a little bit more risk. Maybe we get 11% return on this. And then it clicked for me and I went, hold up. My credit card is that negative. Right. And it was this, it was this moment of consciousness of like, yeah, hold yeah. on, I'm out here trying to get a 7% return, but in not paying off my credit card, I'm losing this 7% every month. Right. And so I, um, after that consciousness, after that assessment, right. Part of my plan was I need to start reading. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a formally trained financial advisor. I haven't, I don't have an accounting degree, right? My degree was in political science. My master's is in political communication. I'm, I'm a politics junkie. But after that consciousness, after that assessment, my plan was you need to start reading literature. You need to self-educate. And in the last two years, I want to say my net worth has doubled just because I, I've read 20 plus books and, and took action, right? So it wasn't just about three. It wasn't just about what's the plan. You're going to educate yourself. But then it was, okay, so get the book and then restart all over again, right? Now what's the plan? Now let's open a Roth IRA. Got to take action. Got to do that. Can't just, can't just sit on that idea, right? Every month goes by, the market ticks higher and higher. Man. So yeah, it's, it's, I would say in answer to your question, success, it takes that kind of self-empowerment because nobody's going to give it to you, right? Yeah. You're all, the only thing stopping you, everybody listening, the only thing stopping you is the man in the mirror, or the woman in the mirror, or the person in the mirror. Right? You want to come up with a hundred excuses why I don't have time to read a book today. I got to do this. I got to do that. If you want it, you're going to get it. You're going to take it. In this life, you take what you want and you get what you take. It's as simple as that. Mm. And so I woke up and I decided I want a better life for me and my family. So I started going to the library saying, Hey, can you, can you order this book for me when it comes in? And then, you know, I text my friends about it and some of them were like, Oh, I bought it. I bought it. I'm like, shit, I ain't got $15. I read, I rented it from the library. And then another <laughs> one, and then another one, and then another one. And then when they're, when they're good enough that I like them, I told you, I'll, I'll plug it again. Your money or your life by Vicki Robinson. Yeah. I asked for it for a Christmas present. Cause I was like, it's, it's important enough to me that yeah, I could, I could spend my money on it cause I want it that badly. But I was like, you know what? That's going to be a Christmas present. Mm. But yeah, self self empowerment. You have to you have to become conscious to your current state. You have to be listening to your health, your wealth, whatever it is. You have to assess what you like, what you don't like about it. You have to develop a plan, and then you have to take action, right? And some people go through all three of those steps, and then they sit on their hands. Yep. So all so I would true. say all four of them are important, but it's it's. It's self-empowerment because success isn't waiting for you. You got to go take it. Mm. I love that, Josh. That's, that's deep. Um, but I can, I can like feel it in my spirit. So I know for a fact there's someone out there listening. Oh, first off, let me get the good. Like there's people like, he's right. Like I'm ripping the bandaid off. I'm going to get that silly book. How much is it? Amazon Prime, boom, it'll be here in two days. And they're going to read it and they may act. Maybe 60% will act. 
But to my way of thinking, just from sitting kneecap to kneecap with individuals over the course of a decade of my professional career, I know how people act with money. And I think there's probably like maybe 20% of the people listening that are going, no, I'm not going to do that. He's making mm-hmm. sense, but it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's vulnerable. And it requires mm-hmm. type of confidence that I'm not built with. And I've been damaged. I inherited debt. My ex had debt. My parents are all poor. I just know it's going to stress me out and YOLO, homie. So no, Mr. Josh, like I'm not, not about to do any of those four steps. Next round's on me. <laughs> right? So to be honest with you, and this is coming from a CPA, like there was a season of my life where I was like that, where I was so intimidated by my financial standpoint, I didn't want to look at a bank statement. I didn't want to know my net worth statement, right? Mm-hmm. Like those numbers scared me because I'm like, they should be something that I know they're not. So I don't, I don't even want to touch it. So to that person, right? Because I, I, I want to build a community here. To that person, what's something you would say to maybe uplift and empower them to be, you know, just be a little bit more resilient and vulnerable to, to take that first step? What would you say? To yeah, them? I, I would love to speak directly to them and say, wake up. Sorry, no cussing, right? Wake up, wake up, man. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you right now. Do you want to better your life? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to make more money? You can do this, but you are the only thing stopping you from doing it. Don't don't let anyone else. No, I'm sorry. I want to rephrase. Make the world shut you down, and then when they do, find another route. Don't be the reason you don't succeed. Is because you say, "Oh, I can't do it. I'm too busy." I'm too scared. I'm too whatever it is. Like I said, you get what you take, right? You take what you want is the first part of that. So if you, if you, all those things you're saying to yourself, you're convincing yourself you don't really want that. I don't really want this because I'm too busy. I don't really want to lose weight because I like the taste of this yummy food too much. And you can eat that yummy food, but you can't eat it every day. You can't eat it. You can't eat it maybe even every week. But isolate those rewards, right? Isolate times where you're this. One thing, since I've gone on this financial journey, right? Man, I've become tight with money. That's like, that's a whole new lesson that I'm having to learn is that like, give myself a budget so that way I have to spend it because otherwise I'm like, ooh, that's an extra $300 I can invest. That's an extra $300 I can put in the emergency savings. But I'm like, but then what's life worth living, right? Every single little dollar I'm scraping is just going in the penny jar. I've already got my retirement allocation. I've already got my emergency savings allocation. I've already got my bills paid. I've already, so then why don't I isolate a little bit of allowance to go buy an extra ice cream, buy buy those headphones, right? Or whatever they are. But yeah. yeah, speaking directly to that person, I would say, I would ask that person, right? Let's go back to, to consciousness. Is someone else saying that to you or are you saying that to you? Because mm-hmm. if it's someone else saying it to you, you need to cut that shit out of your life. If someone else in your life is saying, you're never going to be successful, you're never going to be whatever, 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 right? You don't want that person in your life. Or if you do want them in your life, you need to tell them, that's not the energy I need. I need you to come at me with, I'm going after this. But if you are the one stopping yourself, that's that consciousness. Why, why aren't you getting started? 
Because it's, hey, guess what? We're all scared. Everybody's just figuring it out. Everybody's doing the best that they can. You think you think Elon Musk knows what he's doing? Man, he's figuring this shit out day to day, just like the rest of us. Just because somebody's got money, just because somebody has status, doesn't mean they've got it figured out. They are waking up every day going, all right, here we go again, just like everybody else. And if you don't think you can see yourself at that level, that's on you. That's that's where you have to start. You have to start visualizing. What does your life look like? And that's why I said, not just in three months, right? I'm not just going to lose 10 pounds to get that sum of body. What does your life look like in 10 years? Even go longer. People don't, that's that consciousness. People don't conceptualize, where, where am I going to be in 30 years? If I'm still breathing, do I want to have my feet in the sand on Thailand? Do I want to be living in my own satellite orbiting the planet? Maybe I want to start a construction company that manufactures satellites that people can live in, like apartments in space. Conceptual, where is it do you want to be? Do you want to keep being the middleman, entry level, wherever it is that you're at, and get yours? I'm proud of you, right? I've got more respect for the person who's a sandwich artist at Subway than I do for the Silver Spoon Trust Fund baby who's just blowing money, right? Sincerely, I've got more respect for someone who spends their day sweating than someone else who's just spending. But if you are the reason you're not getting started, walk, listen to me, walk to your mirror right now. Look at yourself in the eye and say, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do okay, this. Okay, it's building your wealth, getting health. You have to decide that you want it. You're, you only get what you take and you only take what you want. So if you have convinced yourself that you're not gonna take it, it's because you've convinced yourself you don't want it. Mm. Wow. Ooh, it, wow. See, I ain't even got no rebuttal yet. Give me a minute. <laughs> and I and I, I just want to go back to, um, you know, I don't know it all. I don't know nothing, man. I, I just want to stress this is because I, I got to that point of consciousness where I said, oh, I want to make more money. Well, wait a minute. Why am I paying interest? Right. That led to well, I need to learn more. So I'm going to listen to podcasts. And I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to check out books because you know what? Paying myself first means I don't have a budget to buy books. So I've got to check them out at the local library, right? You have to play the hand that you're dealt, but you have to decide, am I going to play or am I just going to keep folding every round? Wow. I like that. And yeah. I think whoever's listening, they just got the kick in the butt. They need it. That's what's up. That's what's up. You and said you need it. Oh, 100%. I, I trust me, I got my own sphere of influence where they kick me in the butt on the daily. They don't let me slack <laughs> off. So um, you said something powerful in there, though. You said um, removing the negative energy right from your life. I love that. So um, do you have any like personal testimonies about that? Or, or is that just something you've encountered from some of your mentors? You know, not personally, I would say, I would say professionally. Okay. Um, I've, I've noticed, I read Ray Dalio's book last year, Principles, and um, fantastic, fantastic book for anyone who's interested in like growth mindset, not necessarily like money, right? But just in terms of like individual self-growth mindset. Mm. Um, and, oh man, I, got, I, lost, I lost my train of thought. You're good. We're talking about removing negative energy in the professional oh, yes, landscape. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so thank you. So Ray Dalio talks about, um, 
instead of getting emotional at problems, recognizing that every, he calls it, he says, everything is just another one of those, right? Everything, no matter what it is, right? Your mom calls upset because something, something happened. That's just another one of those, right? This, mm-hmm. this subordinate at work is late or whatever, whatever. That's just not, this client is giving you whatever, right? So you're compartmentalizing so you don't have as big of an emotional reaction when those things happen, right? Because that's just another one of when those kinds of things happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so professionally, yeah, I wouldn't say personally, but professionally I've, I have experienced, because I'm a go-getter, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a creative type, I'm an optimist, I'm always going, okay, how do we source this cause and how can we make it more efficient? If we go from A to B to C, can we cut B out? Can A jump right to C, right? Come on, brother, yes. So I ruffle feathers, like every day, every meeting, I'm like, hold on, why are we doing it that way? And people are like, because that's the way it's always been done, right? right. So professionally, right. I have experienced, I've categorized another one of those as Mr. Nose or Mrs. Yeah. Nose, right? Or the nose. Because I all the time I'm like, why don't we do this? Because uh, we can't. Because we've always done it this other way or not. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've, I've reading reading principles definitely helped me kind of realize mm. instead of instead of getting worked up, right, and feeling like either my idea got shut down or it's not good enough or whatever it is, it's, it's helped me to realize, okay, that's just another one of those types of personalities. That's no matter what I said. If I said, hey man, I'm gonna give you five hundred dollars, they'd be like, nah, we've never done it that way before. You know, I love, yeah, can, I, make, can I tell it. you a story, Josh? I, I would love it. I think, because uh, like you're the star of the show, because I, but this story is so close to what, what you encountered at your job. So when I got started off in accounting, I joined this firm and um, same thing. They all kind of did the same thing year over year and they didn't ever improve it to get rid of the bottlenecks. So my first year on the scene, I'm like you, I'm like, like I'm trying to get home. Like what's, what's the best way we can get this thing done? Yeah. And they gave me this long checklist. I'm like, uh, no, because I see the same task like four times. Like why, why am I checking the same thing? And they're like, Sally, Sally, bro, Sally, just do it, Sally. And everyone keeps saying this, Sally, Sally, Sally. And eventually I asked my manager, I'm like, who's Sally? <laughs> is that <laughs> one of the partners or is that one of like the directors? Like, I don't see nobody named Sally. It's like, oh, sweetie, that's same as last year. That's what that stands for. It's an acronym. I'm like, oh, okay. So Sally isn't a person. Okay, so I got a little bit more leeway. They're like, oh, it's a convention. You just do the same thing you did last year in the exact same way. So, you know, a brother just graduated, so I can't lose my job. So I kind of play by the rules, you know. Sure. Biting my tongue a lot of times. <laughs> And then, you know, I get established, I get experience, people start recognizing me as a thought leader. And, you know, I get a new set of portfolio clients and they're like, Sally, Sally, Sally. Eventually, Josh, I said, fuck Sally. We doing it this way. Like, yes. <laughs> and it yes. was just like hammer, boom. And everyone's like, whoa, you can't change the process. I, I changed okay. it anyway. Dude, I took... I, I'm not going to belabor the point here, but like something that would naturally take the Sally convention six hours to complete, we got it down to 20 minutes. Bro, oh my gosh. Can you think, think about that return? How, thank you. The wasted utilization, the coffee that's getting burnt for no reason, the people staying late for no reason, missing dinners I'll go, with I'll spouses. Go, 
I was saying, I'll go real cheap. I'm, I'm, I was raised on a farm. Keeping the lights on longer than you need to, man. <laughs> all of that. The plumbing, yeah. extra extra bathroom visit, all the above. That was That's when I knew I was in my zone, when I was able to, like, change the process, improve the process, and people respect me in the end. So I definitely hear what you're saying. And I, I ruffled a lot of feathers, a lot, um, a lot, but it worked out. All right, I got one more question because I, I want to respect your time. And Man, you were just dropping hella gems. So last question is, um, I mean, have there been any like, guides that have shaped your experience on your journey? Because I know you mentioned the, the resources you kind of digest, right? A lot of reading, um, personal empowerment, but any other like mentors, like a guide or a pastor or something like that? Or I would say folks that I seek out and find mentorship in, I wouldn't say that there's been any one particular individual. Okay. Um, but in a part of my financial literacy journey, I have begun to understand the importance of mentorship. You know, there's only so much that a book can tell you, but bouncing that idea off of someone who's been around the block a few more times than you have, right? That's when you're really gonna get those lessons to sink in. And, and even, you said it earlier, uh, before, I think before we started talking, contrarian, right? So even if that mentor is like, no, 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 don't do it like that, right? Sometimes those young boys got to come in and be like, no, 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 you don't get it. You're not reading what I'm reading, right? So yeah. even if the mentorship doesn't yield in uh, uh, a direction that you think it might yield in, that's still an ROI, right? Like that's still you developing your intelligence and, and you developing your social skills in relationship to that person. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say there's been any one person in particular, but I would say that um, my father is definitely someone who, you know, I'd be like, oh man, I'm learning this, I'm learning this. And he'd be like, oh yeah, let's let's talk about that. Let's hash that out a little bit. Versus my mother, who I might be like, I'm learning this, I'm learning this. You should be applying it in your situation, right? Versus um, I knew I was on a level, man. You do, I got I just gotta circle back and give you a congratulations because six hours and 20 minutes is insane. That That's insane. But I knew I was on a level at one point when a year ago, two years ago, I can't remember what it was. We went to visit my wife's family at Christmas and they're talking about, you know, their um, mutual funds and their money managers and the, and the folks, uh, their financial advisors, right? And I go, what's, what's the expense ratio that you're paying? And they're like, what, what? And I'm like, what's, what's, I'm like, it's awesome that it's actively managed, but like, what's the expense ratio? And they're like, I, I don't know. He makes us money some years, he doesn't some years. So I'm like, yeah, you could be making a lot more money if uh, and, and nothing wrong with active management, right? Like there's, that's that's for some people, if you've got over $10 million in net worth, you do not have the time to be sitting down, re rebalancing your portfolio every quarter, right? You probably, once you get once you get that many zeros in your portfolio, you probably need active management. But if, we're, if your net worth is under a quarter million, under a half a million, under a million, I will say, you are losing, man, one of the most boring books I read was Common Sense on Mutual Funds by Jack Vogel. And it's a book like this thick that every other page is charts and graphs. And my wife was just punking. I'm like laying there at night reading it. She's like, why are you reading a math book before you go to bed? You know what I mean? <laughs> and one of the biggest lessons I learned in that book is just the amount of money you lose in compound opportunity 
when you're paying a 1% expense ratio, 1.2, 1.4, 1.7. And I'm going, so at that moment, you know, even though I had been ping-ponging ideas and I've been saying, what about this? What about that? When, when I approached that moment, even though I saw them as a mentor, it was kind of like, hmm, okay. I'm, I'm getting somewhere if, if I'm asking mentors about their expense ratio and they're saying, huh? But I'm also, the flip side of that is I also actively seek it out. You were talking about who we were college roommates. I was texting the father of a buddy of mine from, from college just earlier today. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about getting into, I'm thinking about buying 10 shares of this company. What do you think about that? What do you think about this company versus that company? So I wouldn't say that, and this might be, this might be something important for people to listen to. You shouldn't, you know, we kind of put like mentors on this pedestal of like, my mentor is going to be, um, uh, you know, like some great, great grandfather, old wise man who's going to take me under his wing and or old wise woman who's going to, who's going to give me four years of experience. You might have a mentor for three months and you need, it's your job to absorb as much of that from that mentor as you can. You might have, if you're blessed to have a mentor for longer than a year, two years, five years, whatever. You need to cherish that person because that person probably as much you're as much of a mentor to them as they are to you, right? But we put this concept of mentorship on this pedestal of it's this like, you know, massive long-term relationship, and there's this huge dichotomy between the mentor and the mentee, right? When a mentorship might be three months of this person, this person's in your life for three months, and you ping pong and you get you get a whole world of knowledge from them that you would have never had otherwise, right? And you then you build a lifelong relationship with that person. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, okay, we do a one-on-one every week and we're breaking down our goals and we're assessing what the ROI is on my action plan. Like it might just be ping-ponging over coffee for three months and then your your lifelong Facebook friends, you know? Mm. So true. Yeah, two two of my mentors are actually younger than me. Like and <laughs> they're getting a bad stick, right? Like I'm I'm getting so much value from them because they offer a much wider perspective on things. Um, well, I think I think what I think what you're saying is um, something else that you need to uh, listeners need to hear is that sometimes you got to eat a humble sandwich. There are people younger, smarter, better, faster, stronger than you. There are people older, smarter, better, faster, stronger than you. And putting putting that goes back to that you looking in the mirror, right? Oh, I'm not going to listen to this person because they're younger than me. I'm not going to listen to this person because they're older than me. That's you stopping you from achieving your success. Right. You've got to eat that humble sandwich. You got to open your mind and realize there's education everywhere in every conversation, in every book, every film. You know, are you choosing to take something from this, be conscious, assessing, developing a plan, and then taking action? Or are you saying, nah, that's beneath me. I don't need that. Well, you can stay at that level while the rest of us keep blowing up. Mm. We're going to wrap it up with that one. This is fire. <laughs> Joshua, appreciate you being here, man. There we have it, y'all. Um, man, we are honored. You guys have just been through another episode of the Health is Wealth show. Listen, it's not a trade-off, right? Health and wealth, they're not just rhyming couplets. They're mutual ingredients in the body of purpose. And what you just found out today is how to find your purpose, how to set some boundaries, how to leave the world a little bit better than the way you found it. And Josh helped us see the way. So until next time, remember this, health is wealth. Peace.
They say having money's not everything, not having it is. Love of money is evil, but who don't want to be rich? Wealth is fundamental for the life that you want to live. As you pursue that wish, don't sacrifice this list. Physical health, uh-huh. emotional health, yeah. social, spiritual health, of course. Financial health, health is wealth, health is wealth. Yeah. Tap in, let's go.